Welcome to the first ever episode of Neon Green. Embrace the neon. Embrace the neon. Don't be a wise guy. Embrace the neon. Welcome to the first ever episode of Neon Green Mafia. Gentlemen, how is it going? Going great, man. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. It is going. It is going. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? If you're in the building, go ahead and hit that chat up real quick just so I can make sure everything is working on that end. Uh, it is episode one, Neon Green Mafia. Uh, you guys could see a ton of changes over the next couple weeks, um, but this is how we're starting. So, yeah, I mean, here, we're here, man. Mike brought us all together and uh, and made it possible, so I got to shout him out, man. Coach Saul in the building. Uh, and, of course, Deuce Green Man here. I'm not greened up today. What's going on, Rig Rockers in the building? I see you. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not greened up today, but I, I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the uh, the paint to get that going. So how y'all doing, man? Where Where do you find the paint to do all that? So I had to go Amazon. To, at first it was Amazon. Then we found a better paint that we were getting from party city. So I was going directly to party city for that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, well, we the, have the, I'm sorry, brother. In the sorry. honor of uh, the, the horns forward podcast, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and continue the tradition. I'm going to go ahead and pop one for them. Yeah, dude. I don't know if you gentlemen have any beverages, but, uh, this isn't a pop cab. I couldn't, I couldn't give you the ASMR. There we go. I, there we go. I brought water. Uh, I am I'm the party pooper. My my apologies. But why don't we go um, ahead for all those people that don't really know? You know, they're probably like, okay, we're launching this show. What do we have here? So we got just so everyone knows the format of the show, we do four downs. We play four down ball. So we're gonna do four downs. So the first down obviously welcome. You know, we're going to take a few moments. Each of us are going to just introduce ourselves so you have a better understanding of who we are and uh, why we are here. So I will start. Obviously, I'm Mike Lathrop, the host of Player 54 Podcast. I am a season ticket holder for the Orlando Guardians, and I reside in Punta Gorda, Florida. So that's a little bit of a, a hike. But to give you a little bit of backstory is that I... I actually moved down to Florida from Syracuse, New York, and was a season ticket holder for the New York Guardians for 2020. So my fandom that. is not just the Orlando Guardians in 2023. I guess I maybe am the only true season ticket holder from both iterations, which is <laughs> odd. I get it. I get it. But uh, so back in October 2022, uh, sorry, October 2021, I launched what was then let's talk xfl podcast that eventually rebranded to player 54 podcast so anyone that may or may not know i've been in the podcast world i just have never done the video cast so i was fortunate enough 
to know Dirty Arlington and the guys from the X-Fan show. And uh, I reached out to some, some peeps. We got some uh, some diehards. So who wants to introduce themselves and share a little bit about their background? Okay, Coach. I guess I'll go next. Um, so Coach Saul, I uh, go by Coach Saul because I've uh, been in doing some coaching as of uh, recent. Not really recent. I've been doing coaching for about 10, 10 years. Started off in the Pop Warner. Um Retaught myself the game, you know, I started to fall back in love and I had, you know, kids playing in the Pop Warner sector and I kept coaching and I was doing a pretty good, decent job at it. Um, Got a shot to coach semi-pro. I'm in Daytona Beach. Well, I'm in Port Orange, but right next to Daytona Beach and uh, got a shot to coach semi-pro. There's a team here called the Daytona Beach Broncos. and my first year there, I was just like an assistant coach. I stepped up, took uh, the defensive coordinator position, and um, we went on a tangent and won in the state of Florida, the Florida championship. Um, take pride in it. I mean, we allowed two touchdowns the entire season. Um, it was a stout defense that we ran. Um, after that, we then decided I decided to take a step back focus on family focus on getting back together with everything and that's when the XFL showed up and we immediately became um season ticket holders we were actually pretty close to Deuce Deuce was not too far from us like I saw he was on the other side of us <clears throat> at the end zone and um we I just actually got a job being a co-defensive coordinator at a high school, Atlantic High School, I'm also the JV head coach. So it's been a it's been a good time. It's been it's been a great year so far. Very busy, but I can't wait to do this podcast because I love football, and I do. I mean, I know we sucked last year. I mean, let's be real, <laughs> we were bad, but I do love the Guardians. I love the colors. I love the the vibe when we were there, even though we were not the best team. The vibe there, the people there, the fans, like the diehard fans that were there, it was just a good time, you know. Yeah, I, I loved it. So that's a little bit of my backstory. I, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, with me, uh, obviously, hey, what's going on, guys? My name's Deuce. If I'm not painted green, you know, just Deuce. But um, feel free to call me whatever you want. Uh, but with me, it was a little different. I um, First time I watched XFL was back when it initially launched with Vince McMahon. And uh, I was younger at that at that time, so I wasn't completely engaged in it. Didn't even choose a team. I just thought it was uh, it was edgy. It was an edgy football league. I, I liked how it looked, and I remember a lot what was going on with like the interviews and stuff like that. Stuff sticks out to me a lot. So the players just were like super large characters, and in my mind, that's what I was kind of hoping for with this league restarting back up. Not necessarily what we got. We did get a bit of it though with with like the interviews and stuff, but that's what really drew me into it. Um, during the 2020 season, I was completely involved in, uh, in, in situations with music and things I had going on. I was so distracted. I didn't pay any attention. Um, I couldn't even lie. So when it came back in 2023 and, uh, or in 2022 and the rock and, uh, and his wife, Danny Garcia, well, ex-wife Danny Garcia took control of the league. I thought, you know what? Let's jump into it. I talked to my wife. I said, let's like, you know, let's go to these games. We have a, t- a team in Orlando. We're not from Orlando. We do have to drive about two hours. We live in Fort Pierce. 
But it was like, you know, we have an opportunity to do things with the family and, and follow it, get a new team. You know, we get spring football, more football. Because during the regular season, me and my wife can't even enjoy the same team because uh, I'm an Eagles fan. She's a Cowboys fan, and it's that's just what it is. Oh. So, we, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's war every Sunday. So, <laughs> you know, it's nice to be able to kind of root for the same team. So that's what we kind of did. And at the beginning of the season, I have a community of guys that uh completely around the music stuff, but a community of guys that I had put together to do extra points. I don't know if you guys had, had seen that at the beginning of last season. We put together this uh, this platform called Extra Points that we were really trying to do things with, and and we had these ideas, but it never really came to, especially because I was ended up going to every home game. I was never there to actually do the coverage and do the things we wanted to do. So we kind of just let that go, um, which is why when, when Mike reached out to us, it was like, oh, yeah, bro, that's perfect, because now we can make it work. Um, yeah, so with me, uh, last year, we didn't have season tickets either. Uh, which is the saddest part about the situation because I'm sure we're gonna have time in the second the second uh, quarter to talk about it. But it was um it was so easily available to get cheap seats at the last minute, and that's why you see the coach you see me in the same seat every time. I the lowest I paid for that seat might have been like four dollars, but I had the same seat every time. Um, so I'm kind of hoping this year I did have to get my season tickets. I'm kind of hoping this year that we get more people turning out to this stuff, man, because it's a lot of fun. Like I said, it, it is affordable. Even if you don't, you're not getting four dollars seats. Even if you are paying regular admission, it's a lot of fun. It's something to do throughout the day. There's, you know, just the fanfare alone. I have a blast tailgating. I have a blast even before hours before the game. So it is, you know, people are kind of worried. Oh, it's not the NFL. It's not high level football. It it really is. We saw a lot of high level football last year. Granted, we've seen a lot of high level football played against us, but at the same time, we saw a lot of high level football. Even on our team, we had some great plays. So. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a pleasure being here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited for this. So salute to y'all watching, man. Uh, there's, there's a lot coming. We have a lot, uh, in store and, uh, some big surprises too coming up. So yes, sir. Rig Rocker said, I'll be coming to Orlando for our game. Oh, please do. You know where you yeah. guys sit. Let's yes, sir. Meet up. Please do. Definitely. As people can tell, the Guardians fan base is not just an Orlando thing. An Orange County thing. Right? So I did notice that. This is really cool. And I I think sometimes people just gravitate, well, it's not my team. I'm not driving two hours. I'm not driving three hours. Well, as we see with the show, it's kind of odd, is that we don't have an Orlando-based person doing the show. I'm driving from southwest Florida. I'm driving on a good day three hours. If, I, if we hit I-4, Hey, who knows how long it's going to take? Got to leave, you know, plenty early. But as you can see, you know, Coach Saul is out in the you know, Daytona Beach area. Yeah. And, you know, and as Deuce alluded, he's not nearby at all. And then we're going to have contributions from Jared Hansen and hopefully other fans as, as we kind of go on. But Jared's from Fort Myers. Like, we're not close. So if you look at the fan base, it's good to see that those tentacles, so to speak, that reach is much farther than, you know, Orlando Metro. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Obviously, anywhere in between is that area. So uh, let's kind of jump right in here to second down. And what's the purpose of the show, right? Heck, Orlando Guardians didn't have a true show for the fans. X-Fan Legion has been growing, you know, with the X-Fan show being the 
pinnacle of it with Beehawk Live and you got Horns Forward, you got Rough 'em Up Podcast, you got Fang Gang. I mean, like they're they're popping up. We needed to do our part. Because if this team is going to survive, if this league is going to survive, it takes us. It takes fans in the seats, it takes fans buying apparel, it takes fans tuning on TV if they can't make the games, but it's going to take us spreading the word and uniting. And that kind of brings us to, you know, why we have the super fan here, Green Man with Deuce, why we have Coach Insight coming from Coach Saul. We have fact-based news and insight coming from me as the founder and host of Player 54 Podcast. We're going to have frequent contributions just coming from Jared and other fans that as we reach out, we can start planning out each week and maybe bring on an extra fan or two. So it could be you know, three, four of us. And maybe we you know, take a week off so we can get other people involved. But whatever it's going to be, this is a fan-based show. And we have to really dig deep, appointment television or appointment internet, whatever you want to call this, folks, and do our part. And we'll, we'll try to connect. You know, I have some connections with the team, with the league, but there's no guarantees. We're going to try our best to connect, right? I mean, I, 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 could, I, could, I could give you names, but I'm not going to do that. I will promise you uh, we will have players on here. Uh, it, it's, I can't guarantee it, but it, it's 99.9% sure. Um, and salute to the players that have reached out and that are willing to do that. Uh, yeah, more than likely, uh, over the next few weeks, you'll probably see a few players on here. I'll definitely be the one that asks tough questions. I'm not afraid to ask the tougher questions to these players. Being coming from a coach's standpoint, you know, what have they done to fix what we saw on the field, you know, this year? Seeing what what have they done differently and how they're approaching the season. Uh, I'll definitely give it a more <clears throat> non-fan-esque type look to it because I want to know because we're all fans and we all love the team, but we also need to win some games. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, man, how about them chants last year? <laughs> there were so many different chants. We were calling for Eddie and everybody to come save us. It was, everybody. Uh, it, it got bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I yeah, think I mean, we have a glimmer of hope, though. So, I mean, but you're right. Yeah, I do, too. You I just do. can't show up and assume things are going to be different this year. That had to be a building block, and we hopefully will see that become a very basic foundation that we don't want to return to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as a fan base and as a, you know, I don't want to say a franchise because it's not quite what we are, but as an organization, as a team. Mm-hmm. Rick Rocker says, that's what I love about this league. The players want to interact with the fans. That's the greatest thing about it. It really is the fans league. And, and that's why, like, piggybacking off of what Mike said, it's so important for us to do our part. We're not looking for monetary gain off of this. We're looking to just spread awareness of the league, spread awareness to say, hey, look, there's something to do during the spring when there's no football going on. I know you guys miss it just as much as we do when there's no football. There's something right here. And these guys are great. These guys are really getting, you know, asked to come, you know. Now, granted, we didn't see a lot of guys actually, you know, make it in. There is a few XFL guys that did make it in the teams. Um, but even the guys that got to go with the opportunity, like Kyle Patton, like um, like Charleston Rambo, Jordan Thomas, these guys had the opportunity. They got called in. So they really are getting calls. Um, it's it's really nice to see these guys get a chance, get maybe for certain guys second chances. So it's it's really dope. 
but it really is the fans league and it is going to take like everything we got man like i don't know if dc has a, a show going yet i don't think they do but like i'd really like to see a show going for every team i'd like to be able to get because obviously you guys have seen the collaborations already we're going to be doing the same bringing guys on from the other shows like lawrence forward x fan show uh all these guys uh so it's it's just super super important and i think the more that we put in the more that the league is going to get out. So like I said, this isn't for us. The league's for us. This is for the league. Wholeheartedly agree. Like this is just very important. So why don't we go ahead and just move into or down here. And I think this is where Orlando kind of missing something, right? It's building an identity. So we got a recycled nickname, the Guardians from New York. All right, it's cool for me. It works, right? I'm a season ticket holder both ways. I'm not mad. You know? Yeah, it just works for me. Like, hey, it's like a continuation. The team followed me, so to speak. Whatever, it's cool. Either way, I was driving four hours from Syracuse down to MetLife, and now here I'm driving three hours and change to Camping World. It's, it's cool. It's, it's about the same. Colors change. New city, right? So we know that the Guardian was tied to, you know, the the big metro NYC area and the ties with the gargoyles and watching over the metropolis, so to speak. If you go back to that initial launch video of why they chose the New York Guardians and the kind of the gray color to work with all that stone and concrete, you know, the concrete jungle, so to speak. So now the Guardians come to Orlando. And they shake up the logo a little bit. It looks more like cat of some sort, right? So I know I've talked to various people like, well, what is it? You know, all the people my my section in the end zone are all like, well, what are we? Are okay. we a panther? Or, or what, what kind of cat are we? It's gray. You know, they're like, okay, well, that doesn't quite matter. And so <laughs> here we are. We don't know. We need to build an identity. We, we, we don't no know. Idea. The logo, all right, check it out. I love our secondary logo. I love the OG. That's why I paint it on my chest every single time. It, it's great. Now, cause, because it, it really shows what, at least some sort of value of what we are as a team. Now, the, the cat. I even put a post the other day, and I'm, I'm kind of upset we didn't get more uh, traction on that post. Because I was really interested to see what other people had to say. You wouldn't believe I had two people sit there and argue with me that it was a gargoyle. I said, bro, <laughs> it was a gargoyle. I wish we had a gargoyle. It's not one. So, and, and it was just, it was a post basically asking, you know, do you have any ideas as to, you know, maybe if we can just really rebrand and get us a logo that makes sense, uh, even rebranding the name. One thing I do love is the color, obviously, green man, if, you know, I, I, I love the green, you got to embrace the neon. So the colors I love, but one actual, one, one good comment we got on that post, somebody had brought up, and I wish I had it right here in front of me, uh, salute to the guy that said it. He brought up space. He said it should be space-related. Genius. Obviously. See, now we're making sense. There, there were so many different directions they could have went, and I, and I love the fact that you used the word recycled, because that's exactly what it is. It was just a recycled yeah, name. And, and it kind of it, it, it sucks, man, because every other team does have an identity, even the Vegas Vipers. Now, granted, the Vegas, they're moving, and we can get into that in the fourth, the fourth down, but Every other team has an identity, whether it be the Fangs, whether it be you know what I mean. It's it, every other team except us. We can't even we can't even agree as to what type of cat, if it's a cat, or anything, or what it is. 
We don't even know our logo. The only thing, the only thing I can allude- think of is ahead, it being a some sort of <laughs> a panther. I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. It's That's all we can think of. You know, when you think of Florida, obviously you got the hockey team, the Florida Panthers, and whatnot. So. The only thing I, when I first saw it, that's immediately what I thought, you know, and I knew it came and had come from the team had come from New York and I knew that it had like the gargoyle thing, but man, when they brought it here and I was like, man, they didn't, y'all didn't even try to, <laughs> let's just change the colors up a little bit and we're good. <laughs> and I, and I think that's, uh, I think that kind of hurt us a little bit. I don't, I don't know about y'all, but I think it kind of hurt us a little bit because all the other teams got these new you know newer looks and whatnot and just and then we kind of got rebranded yeah with the same thing and and it kind of didn't give us our own identity mm-hmm. um i mean i i still like it 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 it's not ugly it and grows on you to me but at the end of the day right. it's still like bro what <laughs> yeah we missed the mark there that was there was a little air there's a little dartboard and we missed that mark on that one I've never Not used my cat to guard anything. That's all I can say. So, can we no. just come to a consensus, the three of us, and just say it's a panther? So that yes. if anyone asks us, we're just going to say it's a panther. We don't yeah, have the answers. It's not like we have a, an official press release from the league or the are team. Are there pumas here? I don't. I will say this: it is There's strikingly Bobcat. similar to mm. the Hellcat logo. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is. It's pretty close. Yeah, very similar. So I'm cool with Hellcat too, man. <laughs> So on this whole identity thing, all right, so people are like, well, we just don't get it. Neon Green Mafia. Okay, well, so when we got talking and we've been chatting for a while, trying to just, one, not only get to know each other, just trying to see what we wanted to do as a show, but what do you call the show? What's our brand? Who are we going to be? And we're just like, well, if we don't know what the logo is, we don't. Like, we're, we're just going to come to a consensus. We're going to call it a Panther. It's cool, right, between us. It's That's whatever. But it's the one thing that we as a fan base need to come to. We need to, we need to be green. Embrace the neon. Embrace Because the neon. when we got, oh, 100%, I love it. Embrace the neon. Because when we, and I'm going to say we, because, you know, we're all invested here. A podcast host, obviously on another show. I don't know how much more invested I could get here. You know, I put my money where my mouth is. I'm driving over three hours. So we got to see that night game against the DC Defenders. And not only did we get the only W, but and they scored and they got pitch black and those lights came on. Oh man. It was like it was intended. It was like a neon glow, wasn't or was it not, gentlemen? It was. It was a beautiful day. Like that was. That that, was I felt like that was awesome. when we got an identity. I was like, oh, I hope this sticks. I hope that wasn't an accident. This lights out thing needs to happen because now we can chant lights out when we want a big moment to happen. You know, like now we have okay. something, and I plan to chant lights out. And y'all better join me next season when we're looking for a big moment. So. It just that's another little thing that kind of gives us an identity, but it took us to you know play well to even get that far, and that was what right at the end of the season, you know. So we we went the whole season with with really nothing, and uh, and we yeah, also needed the night game. What yeah. took what's the night funny game is I, I totally forgot about that until you just brought it up, and I was like, yeah, yeah that was badass. I mean, that was just when that happened, I was like, yeah, you kind of took a step back, and you're like. Oh, this is cool. 
and then the lights. Oh man, uh, yeah, that was that it was, was so awesome. Good. The night game was awesome. I partially thought it was a mistake. I really did. I was sitting there like, please don't let that be a mistake. But now that Mike brought that up, no, yeah, seriously, now that Mike brought it up, that will not have the same effect during a day game. We live in Florida. It's, no. There ain't no turning the lights out, man. It's a sunshine state for a reason. There's too much brightness. You know? They should definitely move, at least move us to the other side of the stadium. Can we talk about that real quick? They've opened it up. You can get seats anywhere now. Just oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. They've opened Just, it up. What I say is dome it off get so you get the lights out anytime. Dome it off, man. If you're I'm sitting <laughs> I'm sitting on the home team side, then I'm gonna have to get new new tickets because I am not sitting in that sun again. That was not fun. You're not sitting in the green zone, man. <sighs> Come on, bruh. All right. So you just alluded to something uh you gotta have to share it with people why you're calling it the green zone. Oh, so the green zone, that's what I called it. So all right, when we were there, I had such a great time just meeting all the people. It, meeting all the kids, they took a p- ton of pictures and stuff. Parents were sending their kids down to hang out with Green Man. Totally cool. And these, I found these kids love to get the paint off the off my hand. High five, get the paint off my hand, and then rub it all over the mat, like you know the slap mat. So Green Zone, and and with it being the Green Zone, if we're gonna guard anything, Green Man in the Green Zone, I feel like it's just right. So uh, there was a few times where, look, I yell, I I talk a lot of I talk a lot of mess while I'm there. At one point, I even got reprimanded for yelling at the other team in the in the tunnel. But that that's for another story. Um, I get real loud. There was a few moments. Actually, it was one one moment in particular. We had a player removed off the field because he began to argue with us. I'm not going to call the player out, but he de- we definitely had his attention. And for the rest of the game, anytime they were on our end, the coach would take him out. And it was I, I thought that was amazing. So that was just another way to say yes. This is the green zone. Don't feel comfortable here. Do not feel comfortable over here. So, uh, yeah, the green zone. That's what it is. And I, I, I plan to stay there. I know there's shadier sides. I don't know, man. I'd love to stay in the green zone. <laughs> there's shadier sides, though. <laughs> so, so you, also, you know yeah, what I? You know what I do? You know what I did like though? I, <clears throat> I could tell you. You know, I've been to other games and whatnot. The fact that, like, if you were to yell at some of these guys, they actually like turn around and acknowledge oh, you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like Plumber, there was a few times I'd be like, Plumber, Plumber, and he'd turn around and give us like a little thumbs up. Like, you know how much that means as a fan? That's everything. That you're actually like acknowledging somebody that's there that's, you know, and and, and I'm going to go back to what you had said, Deuce, earlier. Like, it was, it's such a, it was such a cheap and fun family experience when you're there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, I, honestly, I couldn't be how much it cost me versus on how much, how much fun we had. Mm-hmm. It was virtually nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it was just, it was, it was awesome. It was a great experience. And <clears throat> I can't wait for this year to come back. I mean, for have the players like acknowledge you, they'll turn around and look at you in the middle of a, uh, you know, getting ready for whatever they're about to do. They'll like turn around and actually look at you, give you a thumbs up or something. That was pretty cool. I mean, I know, It'll happen here and there, but it happened more often, so often. at that XFL game than the versus anywhere else. Was crazy, and it was almost like they yeah. acknowledged every single person. It wasn't just because yeah. I was painted green; they're they're acknowledging every single person, and that's just so meaningful to people. So, uh, yeah, man, totally. Yeah, you know I mean, 
You know how many grown man pair of gloves I got? My yes. kids keep asking the players for gloves yes. at the end of the game, and they're Check just take it, take it. They're like getting butt naked out there, just handing the kids all their stuff. Like that was awesome. It was so cool. Like I my kids will never too, forget that. I didn't get gloves yeah. until I brought my kids to the game. I will say that. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Kids got it's a little weird for grown man to ask. The kids asked, but yeah, I mean, it was just cool, like how they were just so willing. Yeah. to give up their stuff you know the armband boom take a kid you know the the sweatband i mean covered and drenched in sweat but it is what it is I did but yeah it was just so cool shirt. It's, it's gone the marker that he used was terrible i used it from the guy behind me i said oh let me use that it's, by the time i got it there was no ink left in it cody was just signing it to <laughs> sign it <laughs> i got a little signature on the predator mask we made oh that is so dope bro yeah Man, it's going to be – see, the thing with this season, the, with, with this league, too, is it's going to change every season. Yeah, we had a terrible season last season. But this league changes I mean, changes if you guys want to so talk much. stats, we can. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming we will. This league changes so much. Who knows? And with the way the drafts work, how many drafts we get, Mike? We get three different drafts? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little crazy, and I don't mean in a bad way. Obviously, they have a rookie draft that they did for the first time over the summer. And we'll have to see. Those are rights. It doesn't mean these people are actually signed to contracts yet. They obviously did some sort of draft tied to the people coming out of the combine because we saw that those, I believe it was 28 players or something, those rights were shared. So it wasn't a full draft, but it must have been some sort of like sit-down draft order. I can't imagine somebody just sort of wish list and the, the league just signed them. You know, based off, hey, I've, I'll give you so and so. I'll give you so and so. So there must have been some sort of draft there. It's been reported off the the combine documentary that just came off by the Houston Roughnecks DD, uh, DPP. Mark Littlebridge said there's going to be a draft here October 4th. So that looks like that's going to be a lot of guys that didn't make uh, NFL rosters, whether it was practice squads or the active 53 player roster. So we have more of that coming. And we also got to keep in mind there always will be a supplemental draft in January because as NFL teams are wrapping up, there's going to be guys coming off practice squads there. Obviously, they have not signed features contracts with the National Football League teams, and they might be looking for an opportunity to play to hopefully increase their own stock and their own profile, those National Football League teams. So there's there's a lot going on. There's going to be a lot of moving pieces in We shouldn't be really surprised by that because the XFL had announced that they were increasing the off-season roster to 90 players. Uh, It doesn't mean you're signed. It just means you can, yeah, so it went from 50, whatever, to 90 players. But it's going to go back down when it comes time to get those rosters set before they kick off in February again. So I don't know when if they'll have like a tiered down system, if it goes from like 90 to 80 to 70 to 60 We'll have to see, wait and see. I think, you know, the XFL is kind of figuring it out as they go along. It doesn't mean they don't have things figured out, just there are some things that are kind of it's new. And, you know, it, it's smart. Why not expand those rosters and see who you have and, and not really limit people because injuries, you know, the National Football League are still calling people in. We um, see the active rosters constantly uh, evolve. We see the practice squad players are constantly dropping adding new guys so it's it's going to be smart to have that supplemental draft because there's too many things that can happen and every time a player goes to sign with a national football league team they get released from their xfl contract so 
that means even if the NFL team releases them, they're no longer under contract with the XFL. There's no guarantee they come back. Now, their rights are held by their XFL team previously, unless they get traded. They obviously can trade them there, but there's a lot of moving pieces. There's so many things that are going to impact up to training camp and then through training camp. So oh, it's kind of tough to really know what the roster looks like because if we look at those rosters on XFL.com right now, it doesn't mean those players are all signed. Some of those are just what uh, the rights are acquired. Just, just something to keep in mind. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Great perspective there. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. We do have a question from the comment section. Rick Rutgers asked, did y'all have the uh, on-field fan experience? We did have that. I never took part in it. Uh, did, did you guys take part in it? I did last year. Um, I don't know if this year what's going to happen, but I did last year. And what did that? What did I that did as well. Of? Yep. You just um, if if I'm if I'm understanding it correctly, it was like different things. Like they would you know ask you you know if it would be like certain certain things that would like have you come out before game and you'd be out on the field and you can meet some people and then they would have like the kids line up and dap the players up as running onto the field. It was really cool that they, again, it's something that happened and it was like really cool for like everybody. Really? Honestly, I'm not going to say just for the kids. Cause it was really cool. Like just being on that field and just looking up, man, you're just like, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is like, you know, you're on the football field. You get to see the players. I mean, I think it was really cool. The experience. Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't know if you were there, Mike, um, but. Yeah. My wife and I, as well as Jared, uh, we were all down there together. And you know, what I thought was kind of interesting about it is that it was on the visiting side of the bench, hmm. uh, you know, of the stadium. And as the players come out, I'm not saying that the guardian players didn't come over because of course they did. They'll say hi, take pictures with you, you know, Whatever, just kind of chatted up with people, which is an awesome experience. But to have the media over on the Guardians sideline, I thought it probably would have been a little bit better if Guardians fans were on the Guardians side, because then you'd see a lot more players. You don't have to wait for those players to potentially come over and you know stop what they're doing in the in their pregame. But everyone's going to the bench, whether they're dropping off their helmets, whether they're getting water to drink. I think that'd be a little bit better for the fans, but you know, you got to take care of the media too. Cause the media, they're the ones covering the league. They're the ones getting the word out there. And without them, if you don't take care of them, right. And kind of focus on the home team. Yeah. It, you think that's they don't do as good of a deal. You think that's changing now that they had opened up the whole stadium possibly now, you think that was maybe something that it was because the, and I hated it too, because you could see the way team, you know, coming out of their locker room and running all onto the field. If you know, you were just sitting there waiting, but you couldn't do that for the guardians. You'd have to be on that tunnel side, the seats over there. Cause you couldn't go to that side of the stadium. Mm-hmm. I found that like to be like a little, uh, like, you know, I kind of, you know, yeah. there was just some like little misses and I'm glad that they're opening up the stadium now to now that we can go over there and, you know, dab our players up and, you know, be like, yeah, all right, cool. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, that was another reason why I, I sat where I sat, man. I loved being over the tunnel. My my seat was the corner seat over the tunnel. So these guys knew yeah. every time when they're going back in the tunnel. And there were so many games, obviously so many games, where I was just saying, you know what, bro, lift, lift your chin up, man. I said to every single player, lift your chin up, bro. Because I've seen so many guys go back and be disappointed with themselves. There's nothing to be disappointed about. 
You're getting tons of great footage. You're you're playing the game that you love to play. You know what I mean? There's nothing to be disappointed about. Yeah, you could have had a better game. So what? Let's go do it next time. And every time I said, pick your chin up, pick your chin up, they, I, I seen so many guys look at me and say, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Boom, and get you some green. That that was my thing. Get you some green. I'm giving all, get you some green. I was just smacking green paint on their hand. So, I mean, it, it was just it was just so dope, man, just getting that experience. But I do see that now, and I think about that. Just because my seat was where it was, that's why I did get to interact with these guys so much. That That's exactly why probably these guys are, uh, you know, in, uh, what, what's the word for it? More than willing to respond back when I'm reaching out to these guys. They're like, oh, yeah, that's the green guy from the tunnel. They they already know. So it's it's not like, a, oh, it's, it's you know, some random green guy over there in the middle of section, whatever. They got to see me every game. And whether it was you know, uplifting them or the D.C. game where it was, this is what I'm talking about. You know, I'd, I'd go crazy with them. We, we got to we got to uh, to witness both of those. So it was super dope. Yeah, I think they're going to have to change that, though. I mean, they're going to have to flip the sides. And I don't mean it hasn't happened here in year two. I think as these fan bases get a little bit more build up, a little bit more focal, a little bit more competitive, right? Because right now there's a lot of people like, I'm just going out to check football. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're really Guardians fans. I don't know if they're really Brahmas fans. You know, I'm not saying that there's not a segment. Super fans like us that are to some extent showing up in paint or with your helmet there or mask that you so make. Cool. Oh, it's badass. It, but it's, you just look at it. I try not to get all decked out and I kind of, we bounced an idea off. We'll see if it happens. I'm not going to say anything, but you know, there, there's an idea I got, but I just, ah, you know, think about the heat. Do I want to do that? Do I want So anyway, Oh yeah, it's badass. It really is. We like, we but, put some lights in the, we just put the lights <laughs> in the eyes. So it's green. So Perfect, lights up no green, lights but you can't see anything out of it though. When you got it on and you turn on the lights, yeah, you can't see nothing. But it's <laughs> cool, yeah. Because you can turn it off. Let's see, yeah, there, there's it off. We're gonna have a lights and moment. Coach, gonna fall over the railing. <laughs> <laughs> I made one for my wife and me, so we we both wear it. That's it. We're both super fans. So I, I mean, gotta put her on. The- as we get a little bit more crazy. I'm not saying each individual, but as the fan base gets a little bit more vocal, like you were yelled at Deuce in the tunnel when oh, you're yeah. yelling out, you know, it was the Brahma players or whatever. It was, There's yeah, going to be more players. of that because people become more invested and it's more, I'm only here for my team and I want my team to win. I'm going to do whatever I can. So there's going to come a point. Is that year two, three, four? comes a point that starts to shift. And do you want the people you're inviting down to the field all behind the away team's bench. I, I, once it starts to shift, I do not think that's what you want. So yeah. I think it's going to have to. And if that's not on their radar yet, uh, they might find out sooner. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. later. You don't want a bunch of green guys behind their bench. I, it would have been terrible. That should have been where I said. That absolutely should have been where I said. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, another thing, too, is uh, I think I lost my train of thought. I did. I sure did. Oh, good. It was piggybacking off of something you had said. I, yep, that's how it goes drink today <laughs> i'm sure it'll well, come back uh, if it comes back just uh say hey i got it <laughs> but we can move into uh fourth down so this is gonna be a little bit more wide open i did want to get into talking about the couple players that have bridged the opportunity to 
play for National Football League teams, whether it be Charleston Rambo with the Philadelphia Eagles, even though he got moved to the IR. Unfortunately, so, it was reported today that he was released. Broke my heart, he man. He was wearing number 13 on practice. I was so excited. to. Get... All right, so I put my jerseys in tiers. There, I tier list my jerseys. There's certain things that come into perspective. It's obviously the player's ability. After that, it's the name. The name's very important. Come on, Rambo. Come the on. number's very important. Can't beat that. So all these things started the line. And, and just to know this guy personally, I have one of his gloves. It was I was so excited being an Eagles fan and seeing him go. And I was I was hoping and hoping and hoping. And when he actually got signed, I got super excited. Then the injury reserve happened. And um, you know, I was still hopeful to get me a, a, a Charleston Rambo Eagles jersey, but you know, in due time. In due time. Well, it doesn't mean that it's over for him with the, even the Eagles or a national football league team. This means he needs to get healthy right now. There could be a, a number of reasons of why they just separated. Maybe it doesn't look good in the short term. So they just moved on from, I mean, that's unfortunate. But if he can get healthy, I don't say that he's definitely looking to come back to the XFL. Let's let's just see. It's a long NFL season. Still got 16 games left for everybody. I mean, I really, I like the man. I mean, he's a speedster. He he had significantly less receptions than Lattimore, our leader yeah. in receptions, but he was only under him by maybe a hundred yards, and he actually averaged more yards than Lattimore. I mean, the kid is yeah, he's legit, man. He's legit, and when he got called up, I was excited for him. I was excited for him. I mean, you know, things happen, things happen, but it's nothing but a bump in the road. Yeah, you know. And work hard, these keep type going. Of leagues like this gives them that opportunity to say, you know what? <laughs> let me go get, let me go back and get some more footage. Let me go back and really show what I'm capable of. And especially, let's say he comes back to the Guardians. He's got chemistry here now. That was one thing we lacked a ton of in season one. Is chemistry. It took us what three quarters of the year to figure it out. Three quarters of the season to figure it out. Figure it, out it was, who our quarterback was. It was so bad. And it became a little better and a little better and a little better. And and that's all I really was asking for was just a little bit of improvement each time. I don't need you to just go out there and, and become, you know, get, I don't need you to be a, a Tom Brady-led team. I just need you to go out there and play football. And it became better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And then next thing you know, we're seeing plays being made on the spot, getting getting names like the Blandino with Mac Brown with a fake punt. So there were so many super, super key moments that was just like, you know what? We, we're playing football, man. And it, it might've took half the year for me to be like, you know what? We're playing ball. I had fun the entire year. It did. It, it didn't matter. You know what? I have to say this. All right. And I'm not trying to toot my horn or get on my soapbox, but I have to say this after the week one, it, they split between Jackson Lynch, Quentin Dormady, right? Dormany essentially played the second half. If anyone wants to go back and listen to Player 54 podcast, that episode of reviewing week one and previewing week two, I came out and I said it. Quentin Dormady was the quarterback of this team. And I said, look at the numbers. And he did what he did without the run support. Pax and Lynch had the run support. If you want to go back, pull up the box score all you want. The attempts, the rushing yards all came in the first half when Paxton Lynch was a quarterback. And who actually produced better, got him you know, more competitive? Yeah, he threw some picks, but he they knew they were only throwing, so they could dial in on the throw. 
I knew right there. I'm like, this is our quarterback. And then obviously playbook gate or whatever you want to call it yeah, came I, about I, I, I and really screwed him over that what, what I, is the obviously information behind that because we didn't get any we just got oh he's we got to throw him under the bus and then we're like oh wait no we don't so what 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 the what the hell what the hell happened during that time what was the information that was shared mike because i'm assuming you know i don't know i i feel like i only got like face value info on that so in cliff notes version here is that somebody reported maybe his roommate because they they were rooming not even with teammates they were rooming with just anybody that was supposedly a Brahma's player so this is where it came that he was sharing the playbook with somebody on the Brahma's but here's the thing he first gets cut Buckley and staff cut him a league then come out and say hold on here we're going to put him on like a, a reserve list right He's, we'll remove him off the roster but he's on like a reserve list you got to go through and we have to investigate this. And then kudos to the league for doing so because they found out it was a bogus. It wasn't true. And that could have ruined Dormady's career. Oh yeah. Because what, what other league That's so bad. team would ever think about bringing a guy into the locker room and handing over a playbook if they can't trust him? Definitely would have never played for the national football league. No, never had to try out like he got here this um, training camp with the Buffalo Bills. Now, obviously, didn't sign or anything, so obviously, still an opportunity to come back. But that could have ruined him. Mm-hmm. But kudos also to Coach Buckley and everybody for when the league cleared him. And when he came back, he essentially handed the keys over. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did not hold that against him, thinking, "Well, maybe the league got this wrong." or anything like that. So they essentially just handed it. And once that weight off his back, that monkey off his back, whatever term you, know, you want to use, you saw you saw this team. That And not only that, Coach Ford wasn't calling plays anymore. Shane Matthews was calling all the offensive plays. Quarters back, Coach. So what does that tell me? I think there's a little bit of confliction, conflicting thoughts within the guardians coaching staff. Now I don't know anything. I don't, but I'm saying I'm, this is what I'm interpreting. This is what I'm reading the situation. I think Matthews wanted dormity the whole time. And when he got his guy, like, listen, all right, we'll call this Ford was a little out of touch, things, whatever. I think that's why we started to see what we did. But if we would have just turned that leaf the week two, seeing this, the South division, did it take as many games to get in? Could the Renegades have been the one looking on the outside? And could it have been the Guardians? Because they were very competitive. It just didn't quite get it right at the right time. And I know one one win team, there's probably people out there going to be like, you're out of your mind. You're telling me they're going to, ah, I'm just telling you, those games were pretty freaking close. Go back and look at them. Yeah, Especially all, the Renegades more. game. Yeah. They were very close. And if if you just have your quarterback and your team believes that's the big part. It wasn't massive changes with the roster. They did a couple of tweaks. Picked up an offensive lineman from the D.C. Defenders. Obviously, that offensive line was what was really killing this team anyway. Our fault starts. We had problems exchanging. I mean, Paxton Lynch was having a hard time getting the ball sometimes from the center. Basic fundamental stuff. Coach, please tell us. You must I mean, have seen the same thing. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean... I think the two biggest things that we got to going into this season going 
deep into the season and, and being able to be a contender is that offensive line. You, you got to give the quarterback the time. I, I'm I'm not I'm not sure what the other teams I I didn't do my my research on them, but I know for a fact we let up 37 sacks. I'm almost positive we led the league in letting up sacks. That is is unreal. The quarterback there were so many times where they just didn't have time. They didn't get the ball like you said, low snaps, fumbled snaps. Just it looked it looked bad for us, and. For Dormandy to do what he did, and even Lynch, I mean, I give it to the both of them. For them to do what they did, it, it was pretty impressive. And to only give up, between the both of them, to only give up six interceptions and being rushed all the time. Like me as a defensive coordinator and a D-line coach at heart, I tell my guys, hurry that quarterback up. Make him make those mistakes. And our guy was on the run most of the time. So he had to hurry. And for them to not make as many mistakes as they did i think is is it, it it's a good it's a good look going into this year at least for the quarterback standpoint if we can get a better line not even a better line just get these guys coached up it's simple things that we can do to fix and get them coached up and give them give our quarterbacks a little bit more time right even you know create the gaps for the running backs to run um, and, and obviously the second, the second, um, biggest thing is the defense. I mean, defensively, we were either dead last <clears throat> in every category or close to it. Um, and especially for how long the defense was on, I think that's the other thing. Offensively, we have to control the game longer, right? It would be one, two, three out, one, two, three out. Defense is back on, and then this team is doing this long drive, and then maybe finally we get a stop. Well, the defense has just been out for 10 minutes. And then offense, right, (laughs) cast, exactly. But you would think, man, with those, with the defense being out there so long, we would be, we would have better numbers. But we were the least, we sacked the least amount. We only had 14 total sacks. That's the least in the league. Um. Force fumbles again. One of the things that I preach to my guys is um, I don't want you to sack the quarterback. I want you to sack them and make them fumble the ball. We need to turn the game around. You need to make a play to turn the game, turn the tide, give the offense a spark, give the offense a chance to go off of some momentum, right? So when we go down the field, yeah, sack is nice. Yeah, you put them back a couple yards. But if you do a sack fumble, that's even better, right? Interceptions, I think we were like the lowest interceptions. We had three all year. Corners were not aggressive. Safeties, you know, we just weren't in the right locations, I felt, most of the time. It almost looked a little sluggish. With three interceptions and we're out there almost the entire game, the whole year, you get what I'm saying? Defensively, we got to, uh, there's a lot there. <laughs> well, coach, so I'm really shocked at that because E. Buck, defensive guy. Yeah. Secondary yeah. guy, right? Mm-hmm. Coach Carter, secondary guy yeah. At, yeah. at DC. So, I mean, I'm thinking, this is not what I anticipated coming into the year. I thought, if anything, 
secondary would, would be good. very strong. They'd be on point. Like their schemes would be really on top of whatever. But it did not appear to be. The, and I'm not trying to bag on any particular player here. So, gentlemen, right. if, if you're watching this, it's not about bagging. It's just what I anticipated to see is not what we got to see. Right. And, and, and if you go, you know, go more into the, you know, I like looking at numbers. And, and that's what we have to look at now because we can't speak on the game because it's we're so far out from the season now. And we're oh, yeah. about to get into our new season. But if you look back, we allowed 310 points. We led the league in allowing points. The second team closest to us was 250. 250. We allowed 310 points. So no matter how good our offense was, it would have to be a shootout for us to win. You know, and, and it's not like our offense didn't score. If you look at the offensive points, you know, we had, we were, I think we had a total of 204 and there were teams that were still in the hundreds. So we could score, but it was just the defense not being able to stop it. And that's, and me being a huge defensive guy killed me to watch every time. And we had great players. You know, we had amazing, not great. We have amazing defensive players. One of my favorite is Plummer. I mean, that kid, I, 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 I met him at the um, brewery thing while you were there and whatnot. And that he fest. was, yeah, the fan fest. He was awesome. Shook his hand, talked to him. And he just, I mean, he led us in solo tackles. I mean, the guy, he, I, I believe he had, um, he was like the second most for sacks. Um, what's his name? Um, Jones had 3.5 and I believe he had like 2.5 or two. Yeah, don't don't kill me. I don't I don't remember. I don't have the numbers in front of me right right this second. But yeah, offensively, the O line. Defensively, we just need to rework there. Just kind of get everybody in tune. I, I I we ran a four three. I don't I like the four three. The four three is a great defense. I mean, Bill Belichick rebranded the four three and made it something great. You know him and um oh my god Nick Saban. You know they. It's not a bad defense. We just need to we need to get more pressure. You know what I'm saying? If we can pressure those quarterbacks to make mistakes like they pressured our quarterbacks, it's a different game. It's a different season. It's a different season. Yeah. So that's just that's like my two cents into it all. I know it's very vague and you know, oh, the whole defense, come on, but it, it's the truth. When you look at it, you know? I mean, statistically, just looking at it, it's it's almost obvious because we were putting points up. That, that really wasn't the problem. Of course, we had a ton of turnovers. There was a, a ton of uh, penalties were killing us certain games. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in terms of what we were allowing the opposing offense to do, sometimes it was just like, right. yeah, it, it, look, at the end of the day, I was always having fun, but it, it did get sickening to the point. It was like, come on, come on. You know, right. So. But l- let's be a little fair here, okay? And if we look at the rookie head coaches in the league, only one had a good year. Yeah. Only one of those coaches' team did well. Now, they still missed the playoffs. I get it. Uh, that's just because of the way that it was said. But they had a winning record. They did pretty well. The coach back, kudos to him. But if you look at all the other rookie head coaches, they really struggled. Their teams yeah. really struggled. And I think that little dilemma, that little drama with the playbook probably hurt right out of the gate some of the coaches' belief within 
the you know the organization a little bit. I think it took a little bit to kind of get that back, and they did the right thing by handing the playbook over. Like, okay, we're not just gonna. But I'm just saying, I think that kind of set you know them on a really delay. I mean, we all know all these teams are playing a very shortened training camp. When you're really being delayed because your personnel is not there, and people are kind of like, "Man, what's going on?" Or you know, like they see rookie coaches potentially making mistakes. You know, one win, yeah, they were close. But I mean, let's just say that this is probably a huge learning season for T Buck and company. Oh, see yeah. who comes back with far as the staff. But I, I saw a difference in Coach Buckley even on the sideline this year, and like you could see him evolve and not that he was an immature but like become more of a established coach you know everyone thinks they know but you don't know until you know until you come across essentially being the ceo right you know you you are in charge of everything and you know coaching you know positions and whatnot at the college alone not yeah you're involved in coaching but it's not the same thing he was never you know a dc just kind of made that massive leap to doing everything. And he even mentioned, and there's an article that came out with the Orlando Sentinel, the, um, I believe her name is Sophia Veasley uh, Vesley. And he just said, well, we're making some serious changes. We're looking to revamp a bunch of different things with its personnel and whatever. So I think I we're going to see, hear that. We're going to see a big shakeup. Does that mean 50% of the roster? Well, we already know there's a lot of turnover anyway if people sign contracts. and right. They're going to be free to whether they want to look at the Canadian Football League, the USFL, whatever, right? So there's no guarantee they're coming back. And maybe those are the guys you want back if they're getting, you know, getting a look. But at the same time, if there's a lot more cast-offs, you know, that's a term I use from the National Football League, you're going to be enticed to look at the guys that are also – now available because they may have been released from the USFL and then they kind of got cut after signing with the NFL. So there's going to be a whole thing and there's always new rookies coming out and fresh blood and we'll have to see, but it sounds like Buckley acknowledged he went too young. He thinks he needed more season vets because he shared that his mindset was we're going to get a younger team, something I can develop, you know, with the coming years. Well, I think he kind of forgot that this is one off seasons because all these guys are looking for the opportunity to achieve their end goal. And let's be real, XFL is not their end goal. They're all looking to achieve you know, their dream of playing in the National Football League and whatnot. So here we are. We'll see. Wholesale changes. Does that guarantee that we don't have only one win next year? I, I don't know. <laughs> we do uh, have to I, see those changes come to fruition. And I don't want to sound like, I, oh, we did everything wrong. Absolutely not. Like, I, offensively, we were solid. I mean, we we were third with total yards. Like, third with total yards. Like, we were moving the ball. We were, I believe we were second um, in passing yards. So, we could get the, we can get the ball there. We just got to finish, you know. Um, with my team, with my high school team, the um, Atlantic Sharks, our motto this year is to finish. Like, we have to finish our games. We have to finish. We got to that last drive, push through. We, you know, that last defensive stop, stop it. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like if they adapt that same kind of motto and just finish these games, we're, we're not bad. Like, we're not that bad off. Being thir- we. 
so the first place team was the Seattle, um, the Sea Dragons. They had 3,592 total yards. DC Defenders, 3,400. Orlando Guardians, 3,200. We're right there. It shows. It's right there in front of us. Like, we have it. Let's just put it together now. Yeah. Let's get that O-line set. Let's get that. Let's get those guys at those extra few seconds, which mean the world for a quarterback, to be able to go through his progressions, throw the ball down the, throw the, ball down the field. Let's fix that defensive front, right? We need somebody. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. I'm fighting a little cold here. Let's get that. Let's get a dog on that defensive front. If we get a dog on that four man front, we just get one guy that's that guy. Yeah. That's going to have 14 sacks on his own. We're good. That makes all the difference. That makes our corners better. That makes our safeties better. That makes our linebackers better because that one guy there rushing the opposing quarterback and forcing him to make errors. Makes us a not one in nineteen. I know that sounds crazy, but that I—that's I, I just wholeheartedly looking at it and seeing it every day with my younger kids. It, it happens. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, man, we are at the two-minute warning. Well, let's get the other player that we need to talk about because we got off track. <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, it's important. We said that there's going to be a little bit more flexibility here with the fourth down. But, you know, Jordan Thomas is on the practice squad with the Carolina Panthers. But, you know, I want to get your guys' take because he's not just on the practice squad. The, he made a position change. Yeah, tight end, a linebacker. What's up? It doesn't make That's, any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me because of what we've seen him do personally. I, we watched this guy catch passes over helmets, like ball to helmet, ball to somebody else's helmet. He caught pass like that's it's I don't know, man. It doesn't make much sense to me. It would have made maybe more sense if you had moved him somewhere. I, I don't know. To another position where he could receive. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe wide out. I don't. I don't know any other position where he could actually get a chance at that ball. But it, linebacker makes no sense. To me. That's the last position. So, surprisingly, actually, typically when you play tight end at like the high school level, you're typically a linebacker as well. You're playing both. If you're a dog, oh, okay. you're that yeah, kid. You both, yeah. If you're that kid on the field, um, you're a dog. You know, you're that kid on that field. You're playing tight end, and then you're playing uh, linebacker. Um, you can also go down to defensive end as well. I've seen it. Um, I actually have a, pl- a player that's like that. He plays blocking back, and he was linebacker, but he told me he just wanted to hit the quarterback. So I said, all right, bet. Come down to the <laughs> end, and you'll hit the quarterback. Um, he didn't want to go back and do some reads. Uh, I'm trying to look him up. I mean, maybe there's Jordan a, you Thomas know. just showed out and really did some impressive things. That you know, what I mean, I don't know, but it just for me, it's like, bro, you've seen what he was capable of. That doesn't make sense to me. So I'm thinking he must have played linebacker someplace, not just high school, maybe someplace in college. Because heck, we know that. Well, even in college, you know, the league, the, the league's leading rusher used to be a linebacker before you shifted to running back. Baylor back in the day so I mean it, people do make shifts but I also kind of wonder is his versatility 
flexibility to be able to do this. Is that what kind of caught the eye of the Carolina Panthers? Be like, okay, we're going to put you on the practice squad and see if this project is worth pursuing a little bit further because they must see something they really like in him to pursue that because that's there's got to be other well-polished people in that kind of around that cusp of making a national football league team that is a true linebacker. So there's got to be a little bit more. I mean, coach, isn't that what you got to think? It's he's got to have a history here. Somebody must not just been like, Hey, we're just, we're going to on a whim, just try out on the, defensive side of the ball. I, I can't imagine it was just like, hey, let's try something different today. I mean, on the practice court, uh-huh. I can see him taking both taking both, taking up both positions. At the end of the day, what they're looking for is real reps. That's all they want. All the all these teams want is real reps. And yeah, it is unfortunate that I feel that, I, I'll say it out loud, I feel that some of the players are going through a loop right now because it's new, it's brand new, and I feel like some of these teams are kind of taking advantage of the situation. I, I'll say it in the Jordan Thomas situation where it, things just don't make much sense, right? This kid is super talented. It's, um, I don't know. I feel like they're holding him and, and kind of just, you know, oh, we need real reps. We need real reps. Well, here's a guy that's capable of being able to play a real game. Oh, we, he can't make the fit. Okay, cool. Let's just, you know, now we got our real reps. And I, I think that we may see a lot of that. And it's, you know, it's part of the business and it is what it is. But at least it gives them a chance from there to move from the practice squad up to the actual team. But for me, it just sometimes just looking at next. it from a third perspective, it just seems a little, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like he doesn't get. He could have came back down here for a year, got another season of footage, got another season of crazy highlights, and been offered another opportunity from a different team that might have went a little bit further, as opposed to immediately just saying, you know what, we can get some real reps out of this guy. Boom, that's what it kind of feels like to me, and it, it may not be that. Uh, but from my third third party perspective, that's just kind of how I feel about some of the situations that happen. From like the coach's standpoint, you know, I I don't know. Obviously, the NFL is significantly different. But looking at him, um, looking at Jordan Thomas, right? Seeing him, he's just a athletic freak. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the guy is he's big, he's strong. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to look up his uh his uh what school he went to and whatnot and um, there's a couple of Jordan Thomases oddly enough there's uh a lot of them in the NFL <laughs> so it's kind of hard to pull him up exactly um looks like he went to Mississippi State um but seeing that it's like when I'm recruiting kids, I'm like, Hey man, what position you play? <laughs> Whatever you need me to play. That's the kid you want on the team. He's not going to be like, Oh, I only play tight end coach. Yeah. Like they know he plays tight end. You know, they seen what he can do as a tight end, but seeing his physique and seeing what he can do, um, that obviously it, it means a lot. Now he did. If I'm looking at this correctly, he went to Eastern East Central CC, Mississippi State. He played for Houston a few years, Arizona, New England, Indianapolis, St. Louis, and then he was with us. Um, so I'm going to go back. I'm, I'm definitely going to come back, and I'll bring that information to you all and see. Because it is a little bit weird to kind of go off of a complete whim there and just be like, hey, you're going to linebacker. Um, they do have an interview here saying that they had asked him to do it. Um, he wanted to do uh, offense. But they said we like you better at 
linebacker. So apparently he did something in practice that impressed the hell out of them. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, he was probably just <laughs> You're going ripping linebacker. through the line. Yeah, he's probably just ripping <laughs> through. I mean. I, I could see it. He's, he, he's, he's a big guy. He's not a little guy. You know, he, trying to, again, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm trying to pull up his stats, but all these. <laughs> so many ads here. They got um, pop-ups. <laughs> yeah, but it, as far as him, I can I can see it happening. I can see it being done. It, it's not completely strange. Like there are guys that'll go um their whole career being a quarterback and then all of a sudden they go to the NFL, "Hey, you're playing as a tight end now." It it happens. It has happened. Or even, you know, your whole youth in high school you're playing one position and then you go to a college and they're like ah, you know what we like you here happened to my nephew my nephew played uh defensive end um his entire uh career as at high school went to the college level he was a little shorter on the side he fit better as a linebacker now they bumped into linebacker so it does happen the changing of position happens but it's usually on the same Side, not hey, offense to defense. Yeah, you know that one's a little bit that. weirder. I've got to, I got to look it up. I mean, okay, looking at him, he's six five, two hundred and eighty pounds. That is a monster linebacker. I mean, that is what you want in life, right there. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want in life. Can you Let's come play coach. for me? <laughs> um, yeah. There's a quote here. Um. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find it. Um, it's, it just starts. It was like, we love you on offense and we love you on defense, but we think you have a lot more potential on defense too. Thomas, Thomas said, uh, um, with the conversation with his coaches after the tryout. Damn. So they tried him out for both spots and I guess they liked them a lot better on defense. And I mean, Carolina's defense is no joke. I mean, I mean they did get beat pretty bad by the um Falcons, but it is what it is. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's blowing the whistle for a game over. But no. <laughs> I don't have one either. Two minute warning <laughs> seemed like it was forever ago. Yeah, we're in overtime. It's all good. Uh, I didn't want to cut him off. He was going and I was like, I yeah, yeah, he yeah, might yeah. find what he needs, so just let him have it. But <laughs> I think on, I think on that note, uh we should prepare to wrap this up. Absolutely. So, Obviously, we're a fan-based show, and we know this is episode one, and it'll take quite a while before we really start to develop a sort of uh, following and people that tune in. But we love for people to reach out and become more involved, obviously share the show. You know, the neon green mafia numbers grow. We're, you know, mafia means family, right? Is that what the Bills Mafia keeps telling people? So it's not about being necessarily shady or crime family, but here we are. We're, we're family, and we're going to bleed green, embrace the neon. So join us if you are a Florida resident and you're a football fan and you haven't really followed the XFL much and you kind of have an interest, well, come on, let's do it. Come on out to Orlando. You're not the only one that might be making a long drive because all of us are. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the future we can coordinate some tailgates or whatever and try to get get people to build a true uh, family and environment that we all can be proud of and look forward to. I know a bunch of us already look forward to the games, but something that makes it feel a little bit more real and, you know, not just a one-off 
something to go check out on some random weekend. Absolutely. And this episode, uh, this is episode one. These will be numbered. This will be available uh, on YouTube. We're going to re-upload it over there. Uh, the first couple episodes, we're going to do it that way uh, until we get a little bit of traction over there. So please, 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 if you're watching this, if you enjoy what you're watching, hit the follow button, hit the like buttons, the sub buttons, whatever buttons are available to you, please hit those buttons. So that that way, notification bells are super important. So that way you know when we're live. We will be live Tuesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Um, but definitely, definitely, definitely just hit all those buttons so it makes it that much easier for you. Uh, and you'll you'll get notified with anything we have going on, any any type of – we will have – there's some pretty big news I'd love to share with you now, but we're going to hold off on that. Um, but definitely just hit the notification bells. Hit the, the thumbs up, the likes, the subs. Go check us out on the YouTube side. You can find us at the same place, Neon Green Mafia. Uh, real easy. With that being said, so big coach, Saul, you got anything to uh, to end it with, man? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I want to say I don't know if it's already been said. Sorry, I was kind of reading more on Jordan Thomas. Now you guys got me intrigued here. Um, now I'm really got my brain ticking here. Um, we're gonna do stuff. You know, I can't wait for the season to start because we're gonna try and have our own stuff set up. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really good time. I can't wait. I can't wait to have fans on here, more fans on here. Cause we're all fans really. And just be able to talk and, and go back and forth about different things and different aspects of the game, different aspects of being, just being a fan and just seeing where everybody's from. I mean, that's going to be like the coolest part. Cause not everybody, like we said, is from Orlando. Look, the three of us aren't, you know, I think I'm the closest one and I'm like an hour and 20 minutes away. Yeah. So, it's going to be really cool to see how we've all come together and maybe create something in the game. Like, you know, everybody have like a neon shirt and that just represents us as a, as a fan group on top of being fans of just the guardian. So it's going to be really cool. I can't wait for the rest of the year and the rest of these shows to come up, come around. Yeah. I had a great time, man. Uh, Mike, got anything to end this with? Cause I got some outro music for y'all on the way out so stay tuned for that but mike you got anything to end it with we always need to end it with bleed green embrace the neon thank you sir outro music oh. your friends at the neon green mafia want to thank you for tuning in to this week's episode make sure to turn on that notification so you don't miss an episode embrace the neon